0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Blair White Project. So I'm in my pajamas today because the cool thing about being your own boss is that if I want to wear pajamas to work, I can. Uh, listen, I was supposed to film this episode yesterday and something told me just to wait a day because the podcast comes out Wednesday. As usually, I film Monday and something told me just wait a day. It's a slow news week and I bet you some interesting stuff is going to happen if you just wait. And then everything interesting happens. So we have a lot of things to talk about today. Before we jump in, do not forget to rate this podcast on Spotify. I am getting some people saying we passed 2000 um, ratings on Spotify, which is a lot for a podcast of the size, by the way. I'm only seeing 1.7K. I don't understand the discrepancy, but if you guys can make it show up as 2K for me, that'd be great. But anyways, we're gonna talk about Kanye, Tim Pool, Milo Yiannopoulos, Nick Fuentes. I kept not saying all those names in 2022 together, especially we're going to talk about more COVID stuff. We're going to talk about the 10 year old trans model with the trans parents. This is going to be one of those episodes where I go the fuck off. And I might, I might need a pass for whatever I have to say because it might get intense. So <laughs> the way this is worded, I just can't the daily beast reports Kanye West storms out of interview after Tim pool lightly, defends Jews, right off the bat, before we even get into the episode, I just think it's hilarious the way they worded that title. Like they're not gonna give Tim credit, right? They're not gonna make Tim out to be a good person, even if in this scenario, he was you know, not allowing an anti-Semitic filibuster. Lightly defends Jews, Daily Beast says. Okay, it's just, it's just funny how they frame things. You know what I mean? It's like once the corporate press decides that you're a villain, It's a wrap. They'll never, it's just a wrap. But meanwhile, Kim Kardashian is like a darling of the corporate press and she's defending pedophilia. We'll get into that too. Balenciaga Gate. Have a lot to fucking say about that. This might be a long podcast. So last night, Kanye West went on TimCast, which is a show that I have been on I think four or five times now. Tim is a friend of mine. Uh, You know The whole gang over there I have nothing but respect for. I know that you know, as it often happens with success, popularity and fame, it goes sort of like in waves where it's just like in vogue to hate on you. And right now it's like a lot of people are very much anti Tim. I'm not even seeing um, I'm seeing people that aren't even the usual types to hate on Tim, kind of going in on him because of this interview last night. And, you know, he did some commentary about the Colorado incident that had him getting death threats and doxxed, And then, um, you know, Adam Krigler did an exposed video. Is it 2019, we're doing exposed videos still? Okay. Um, but just because it's invoked to hate on Tim doesn't mean that I'm jumping on any sort of bandwagon. I have a loyalty to Tim, I liked Tim. And I think that if you watched the episode with Ye last night, He did handle it the best he could have given the circumstances. So we all would have loved, I would have loved if, you know, Ye and Milo and Fuentes were, you know, on there for the full two hours. Something told me that wasn't going to fucking happen. You know what I mean? It was just like, there's no way. It's just, I just didn't think there was any way. Um, And I was right. But I expect it to last more than 27 minutes. I will say that. Um, let's just watch the moment. I watched the entire thing, by the way, the full two hours. Um, let's just watch the moment that he walked out and then we'll discuss.
1: Got money, right? God is using me. He's breaking me down, removing all of the you know, richest person, all of this so I can serve him. And the more and more those things are taken away from me, the more I can be empty and be a vessel and be able to be used. And right now it's like, you're not going to take, if if we can't, you're not going to take my pain away, right? The Jewish people say, it's the Holocaust, this happened, and you can't say anything about it. We can't take their pain away. No one's going to denounce the fact that they tried to lock me up. That's what, because every time I'm just holding stride and it's like, I, didn't, I thought I was more Malcolm X, but I find out I'm more MLK because as I'm getting hosed down every day by the press and financially, I'm just standing there. And when, when I found out that they tried to put me in jail, it was like a dog was biting my arm. And I, 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 I almost shed a tear, almost, but I still walked in stride through it. Yeah. I, I, think, I think they've been <laughs> extremely unfair to you. I think. Who was they, though? We can't cor- say who they cor- is, can we? Press. I'm not using the. I don't use the word as the as the way I guess you, you guys use. I'm, I'm talking about. It is about them, it. though, isn't it? I
2: mean, because <laughs> no. and, and because when you think it's about
1: not. it, consider it. In 2018. What do you mean it's not? It, what What do I mean? Like, uh, uh, okay, so how about? Are you leaving?
3: Are you afraid of the press?
1: He's gone. I'll say it right now. Um, you guys, I I. You guys want to bring that stuff up? And then I have think the we're
0: discussion. Not so here's the thing. I feel as though you think one of two things when you watch this and people who are viewing it. I've been looking at Twitter, the reaction, et cetera. There are people who think that Tim ruined the interview, and there are people that think that Kanye is a snowflake for walking out over the slightest bit of like questioning, pushback, not even pushback. Like he didn't push back, he just stated his own opinion on it. Tim, the thing about TimCast is it is a conversation format. As someone who's been on there now four or five times, that's how it goes. It's like you don't get to just talk and talk and talk, even if you're Kanye West, I'm sorry. It's like you say something and other people have a right to jump in and say what they have to say. And it's not even said that uh, Tim interrupted him because Tim did not interrupt him. If you watch the video that we just watched and if you saw the entire 27 minutes leading up to there, I didn't see Tim interrupting him. I know it's like a meme that Tim talks too much in the shows. And you know what? Sometimes he fucking does. Sometimes when I've been on the show, I'm like, okay, Tim, let's someone else talk. However, in this incident, when, when Kanye got up, he had asked him a question. Tim began to answer, and then two words into the answer, not even, he gets up and leaves. So he didn't interrupt Kanye. Kanye asked him a question and then. Kanye wasn't there for the answer, which is his right. He left on his own accord. There was someone tweeting me because I had tweeted um, that Tim handled it extremely well because I believe that. And I think that given the circumstances, who could have handled it better? I don't understand. Like, However, I was getting some responses like, no, he let the guests leave. He let the guests leave. I'm like, let the guests leave. Was he supposed to kidnap them? Was he supposed to lock these three in the room? Um, you know, Milo and Nick Fuentes got up instantly like the ass they are to follow Kanye. Uh, you know, it's funny because I don't really understand why... I understand if Kanye has been red-pilled in certain senses, why he'd be interacting with people, you know, in the right political sphere. However, Milo of all people, I get that he was censored And the reason he was censored, I actually disagree with. He was censored for making fun of an actress and banned off Twitter. And I hope that Elon unbans him. However, just by virtue of someone being banned doesn't mean they're to be taken seriously. You know, it's like, here's some things that Milo said about Kanye and why I don't think Kanye should take someone like Milo seriously. This is on Milo's, I believe this is Telegram or whatever app he um, has been using. I mean, he's censored on everything. But as of August 2nd of this year, so, just a couple months ago, Kanye is gay. Don't make me keep saying it. Most rappers are homos, especially the new crop. This is well understood in the entertainment industry. Kanye is a pathetic figure now. He gets outfoxed by a beard, a Kardashian. A beard, by the way, is like a cover for a gay man. So if a gay man has a beard, it's when they have a wife, despite secretly being gay. That's what that phrase means. Um, Here he says, I'd K-I he would delete Kanye. He gave a death threat to Kanye and said, because he's gay. Milo says, especially the black homosexual Kanye was. Like, the independent uh, minded are bankrupt, like 50 Cent, or like, at least Kanye likes white guys. Kanye needs to repent for his homosexuality. So it's like, I'm sorry, two things can be true at once. Milo was wrongfully censored off the internet. And Milo is also fucking insane now and not to be taken seriously just because he was censored in the past. I mean, I think that it's like martyrized him in certain people's minds. And it's also not to discredit the good things he used to do. I mean, I watched Milo videos before I started my channel, you know, those old debates he would do on television when they let him on television were fucking sickening as in a good way, like great, Um, you know. He had a lot of interesting things to say. And even in the last Timcast episode he did a couple months ago or weeks ago, he said some interesting stuff. That doesn't mean he's not crazy overall because he's sitting here as the like campaign manager for someone that he, a month or two earlier, is threatening to delete, like in a worse way than delete. You know what I mean? Like death threat type way. So it's like, I feel like Kanye is being very much taken advantage of by Milo. Um, And also to everyone who thinks that Tim shouldn't have given his opinion. I've seen that. It's like, I'm sorry. What do you guys think would have been the consequences for Tim as a YouTube partner? As, you know, his name in general, like if Kanye was saying these things that were deemed anti-Semitic and Tim had just no opinion on it. Honestly, that could have been a wrap for Tim's channel. That could have been a wrap for Tim's show. And Tim had every right to give his opinion on what Kanye was saying. Like, I get that Kanye is a very interesting figure and so people want to hear him long form, but that doesn't mean he can just talk and talk and talk on a show where there are, let's see, two other gaseous, Milo and Nick Fuentes. Tim, Luke was there, and then the new uh, producer who replaced Lydia, I forget his name, I'm so sorry. He was very sweet when I met him though. Um, like there's five other people there. So um, I think if people didn't have sort of like these celebrity blenders they have for Kanye and I get it, right? We don't have a lot of celebrities on the right. We don't have a lot of celebrities willing to say shit. But I would prefer if these celebrities that we kind of claim here on the right aren't the ones who are tweeting that they're going Defcon on Jewish people. I just is that the scraps we have to like accept. It's like, oh, the one celebrity who's on our side. And, and yeah, he tweets defcon to Jewish people. And it's just not cool. Like, I'm just not here for it. And, um, you know, I'm proud of Tim, the way he handled it. I don't think anyone would have handled it better. Um, And it is what it is. It's, it'll be very interesting if Milo gets unbanned now. Another thing is, they actually made Trump come out looking good. So, Whether you like anyone involved in the situation, it was a net negative for Nick Fuentes to be at dinner with Donald Trump. All it did was give people who hate him ammunition and disappoint people who like him. It is what it is. So one thing that kind of made Trump look better, maybe not good, but better, is that Kanye um, and everyone at the table confirmed that the president or Trump had no idea who Nick Fuentes was, which actually made him kind of took him off the hook for that. You know what I mean? Because the controversy was like, he knew who he was and he accepted his views or whatever. So it is what it is. I wish the episode would have lasted longer or at least Kanye's presence. Um, I wish a lot of things, but what are you going to do? So, 10-year-old trans model Noella McMayer, who has two trans parents, already a New York Fashion Week vet. So this story is absolutely disturbing. This is a 10-year-old transgender girl. So this is a biological boy who has two transgender parents. And I've talked about this on my main channel, this disgusting, frankly, phenomenon of it's not a lot of, it's not a lot of cases like this, but it's some cases and you see it and it comes out of two trans people getting together, having a kid by whatever means they have it. And then all of a sudden, coincidentally, oh my God, the kid's trans too. This thing that afflicts like what? 0.00002% of the population just so happens that everyone in the family has it, right? Right. Because it was pushed on the kid by the parents, which is disgusting by the way. Like, I am transgender and I'm as, for lack of a better word, as proud as possible of that. I'm not proud of it, but I have fully accepted it. And I actually consider it to be to my benefit as in like, I like who I am, basically. Long story short, I like who I am. I'm happy with myself. I, if people might not understand this, but if I could flip a switch, I don't think I would choose to not be transgender. You know, it's like, a lot of transgender people have that question. Like if I could change it, could I just be not trans? I wouldn't change it for the simple fact that I am who I am because of that. It's part of who I am and it is what it is. However, if there is even a small chance that if I were to have children in the future through adoption, which would be probably the way I would do it, to be honest, um, that my kid is going to end up thinking they're trans because they find out that I'm trans, then I don't want to have kids. And that can seem like an extreme statement. But at the end of the day, despite accepting that I'm trans, I'm also very aware through a, a very personal lived experience here that being trans is fucking painful. And I'm on my other side of it now and I'm living a happy life. But before I was able to transition and and, and be myself, it was very painful. Like it, it was a lot of um, money to get where I'm at. It was a lot of anxiety. It was a lot of gender dysphoria, which You're not going to understand unless you have it, but it's very mentally crippling. Um, And I found my personal way to deal with it and cure as much as I could of it. But that doesn't mean it's not a harder life for most people like me. So the idea that I would want my kid to be transgender as well, are you fucking crazy? No. Just like I would fully accept and love a gay child, but I'm not going to wish for my child to be gay. Why would I wish for like the path of most resistance for my child. Why would I wish for a harder life than needs to be? I would hope to God that my child would be as, for lack of better phrase normal as possible in the sense that they just have a standard, beautiful, successful life with no anxieties about their sexuality or gender identity. Because pe- people who have those issues, it's an issue, right? Like it's an issue. And, you know, I just think the story is disgusting. So this is a 10 year old transgender girl who is, you know, on the runway because of course the fashion industry, which we'll get into also in this podcast, such as Balenciaga, um, they have a thing about exploiting kids. So, you know, they just do. Uh, so these parents, I I don't even know, are these both trans men? I don't know what this is or what they are other than fucking demented for convincing an innocent child they're transgender when, there is a 99.99999% chance it's not going to stick and it would not have come across organically, came about organically. So they, the idea is that they're saying that uh, Noelle, the child, that's her name, right? Noella, you know, didn't really like boy clothes early on. Yeah, neither do a lot of feminine gay boys. They claim that they def- definitely didn't push her to be a girl. Yeah, fucking right. Look at this house. They have trans flags hanging in the house. They have the kid wearing trans flags. Like, it's just ridiculous. First of all, there's something to be said about making trans your entire identity. And I get that there is a tad bit of hypocrisy here because I make a living off being a very public trans person and I've made it a focal point of my YouTube channel. However, it's like, that's, that's my job to talk about these issues. I'm honor that you guys want to hear me talk about these issues but the whole like trans flags hanging across my house and like wearing like trans color it's like that's just like another trans tattoos i've seen that a lot it's like are you okay because shouldn't there be more to you than that like i don't understand um you know this is a really really sad story it's just a bunch of pictures of this kid doing gay stuff like as in like um standing outside standing outside the Stonewall Inn. And it's like, come on, you're pushing this on your kid. So like what, the kid's 10. That means in two years, they're gonna be on puberty blockers. That means a few years after that, they're gonna be on estrogen. That means by 18, they're not gonna have a penis anymore. Like the fact that anyone would want that for their child in anything but the most extreme, extreme, extreme circumstances is like, Mind-blowing to me, this is 100% child abuse. These parents are disgusting. I have no problem saying that. Here's another example via libs of TikTok who took a screenshot from this trans TikToker saying me talking to my four-year-old about gender and me low-key hoping for a trans kiddo as a trans parent. Fuck you. Like the fact that this bitch feels comfortable enough to even post that on social media says something about where we're at. Because encouraging children to be trans has nothing to do with accepting trans people in general. right? Like the average person, with some exceptions obviously, I don't think has any problem with what an adult wants to do with their fucking life. Have at it, of course some do. You know what I'm saying? It's like not every political commentator makes that distinction very well when they're criticizing trans issues that they're just talking about the kids. I think the ones that go overboard and are talking about the adults and an adult's right to do what they want with their body, it's like, calm the fuck down, especially since a couple of you has slid in my DMs. But that's beside the fucking point. This parent's disgusting pushing on their kid. And there's (laughs) this is child abuse, period. And we need to get accustomed to the idea of child abuse not necessarily looking like traditional child abuse that you might picture. That There's also like pushing your kids into having a gender identity that results in them mutilating their body. It's also a pretty extreme form of it. So um, get used to recognizing that. Damn, I almost spilled some tea about people citing my DMs, right? That would have been a doozy. But I'm not gonna do it because I'm a nice person. And I don't out people. I always find it messy when trans women are like posting on their Insta stories like this celebrity was in my GM. This person it's like I don't have a lot of mainstream celebrities in my DMs, but I have a lot of these uh very anti-trans right-wing commentators. Anyways, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go. Any further. And by the way, I don't think all right wing commentators are anti-trans, by the way. I think a lot of them, most of them do a very good job of making the distinction that it's about the kids and anyone who is criticizing the ways in which um, gender ideology affects the kids or like women in sport. It's like, I agree with them full wholeheartedly, but it's the ones who go authoritarian when it comes to like adults doing what they want with their body. It's kind of like maybe chill out, you know what I mean? Especially because people have receipts on you. Anyways, I have to move on. China protests over zero COVID follow months of economic pain. This is one of the most important stories in the world right now. And of course, it's not really being covered much by the corporate press and the ways in which the corporate press are covering it is also like kind of fugazi. So basically this zero COVID policy is something that they attempted to have here, right? Every country attempted to really go as far as China. No one went as far as China because China is a communist hellhole. However, people are protesting and it's getting violent. It's getting extreme because imagine like wherever your lockdown ended, which was never as extreme as, you know, the Chinese lockdowns by the way. But imagine like the month that yours kind of ended. So for me it was later the most it was LA and you know I left LA in um August 2021. So I had about a year and a half of the covid stuff, which was not fun, right? It was it was awful. I could not imagine double that and even more extreme because people were being welded into their apartments in China. There was an apartment building that burned down and people welded into their apartments by the Chinese government died in that fire because guess what? They couldn't fucking get out. Absolutely demented. And yet these are the types of lockdowns that many Americans claim would have helped us out here. Right? Right? For a while, there was that narrative of if only we really locked down, if only we really gave lockdowns a chance, if only we really went hard with it and then you know cut it off when it was necessary until we cured everyone of the virus. This is what they were advocating for. And I think what people need to become acquainted with is this concept that a communist doesn't just look like someone with like a CCP flag hanging in front of their house or like a CCP shirt or something. You know what I mean? It's like communists look like very pretty, very polished, lovely white liberal women claiming that we need to lock down harder. And Florida is just, you know, doing such a harm to its people by ending the lockdowns. This is what they were advocating for. And this is why you don't give them an inch because they take a mile. So, I fully support the protesters that are fighting for freedom in China. I think that, you know, the same way that I've said on this podcast many times that unless you lived in New York, LA, Seattle, Portland, like these major, Chicago, these major blue cities during lockdowns, you have no idea what the lockdowns really were. Like you can you can pretend you knew what it was like in whatever suburb you're living in, whatever, you know, country area you're living in. But unless you lived in these really like densely populated, like big blue cities, it's like, you don't know what the lockdowns really did and what they really costed to people's mental health, what they really costed to like freedom of movement to like just so much. Well, unless you lived in China, you have no fucking clue. And again, fully support them. Let's watch this video of the protesters. Wow. So this is looks like something out of a movie. It's like a bunch of people revolting against all these creepy people in hazmat suits and masks. Like that is just so demented. The the imagery is demented. And very much like representative, like what the fuck's been going on, on the world in the world the past two, almost three years now. It's been almost three years since the COVID shit started. It's still going on. There's still people saying you shouldn't celebrate Thanksgiving, et cetera. It's like, fuck you. I just, I can't.
4: I just wanna make a comment about what we've been seeing going on in China. Uh, this zero COVID policy uh, is draconian, uh, it violates people's liberties, and it is completely unscientific. And the people of China are right to be able to speak out and protest against what the Chinese Communist Party is doing. This CCP has a maniacal desire to exert total control over its population. Zero COVID is really just the pretext for them to do what they want to do, anyways, and that is not a model uh, that can work over the long term. The people in China are finally speaking out uh, against it, and, and I just think we need these draconian uh, COVID policies to go to the ash heap of history where they belong.
0: Right. So, this is why I rock so hard with DeSantis. Audio listeners, if you didn't recognize his voice, that was Ron DeSantis, the amazing Florida governor. So. When you look at the way that Ron DeSantis handled COVID, this is the main thing that I support him for. He was really like the only, one of the only leaders in the world that took the correct stances that he took on COVID. Keeping things open, not keeping kids out of school, no mask mandates, no uh, Vax mandates. And now all the information is continuing to, and has come out, validating the way he handled it. And to me, that is a true leader, someone who leads even when the decisions are not necessarily popular, but they can just see through the noise and see through the BS and see that in the long run, it's the correct decision. Ron DeSantis made every correct decision with COVID. There's no comparison when you compare Florida to places like LA, New York, et cetera, California, New York, sorry. And, you know, Trump gave the last year of his presidency over to Fauci. So. Uh, you know, Trump has been on a vaccine salesman campaign ever since leaving office. And so to me, as someone who was, and I'm not saying this word to sound silly, I genuinely mean it, traumatized by the lockdowns and the world's response to COVID. I look at the true leadership in that scenario of Ron DeSantis and I'm like, sorry, this is my guy. I don't really care who gets mad. I don't really care who still wants Trump to win. I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm not voting for Biden or Newsom over Trump, okay? But if I had a fucking choice, which at this point we have a choice, it's going to be Ron DeSantis for me. There's just no comparison with who's more pro-freedom between the two. And at the end of the day, that's the metric that I use to vote, you know, Obviously, there's specific issues I care about, but the overall metric I use to vote is who is increasing my freedom or decreasing my freedom. It's that simple for me. And between those two, it's gonna be Ron DeSantis. Period, point blank. Here's another very interesting story. (laughs) Fucking disgusting. I'm so ready to get rid of this iPhone. Who's texting me? Girl, bye. Because... Apple restricted airdrop capabilities in China ahead of anti-government protests, leaving dissenters without key communication tool as demonstrations spread. So as we're talking about, China right now is fighting for its life. China, Chinese citizens are fighting for freedom. And what does Apple do instead of taking the side of people? Instead of taking the side of the oppressed, right? Let's put it like that because that's objectively what it is. They chose to limit the ways in which these people are communicating with each other at protests. All the while, I'm sure just an educated guess that as a a corporation, Apple was completely supportive of everything that happened in the summer of 2020. All those protests, right? All those riots, right? Probably had nothing to say. So fuck Apple and I am hoping that Elon makes a competitor phone. The e-phone, if you will. Which I think would be the perfect name. I mean, the e-phone. So yeah, I mean, Apple is evil as a corporation for many reasons, right? It's like, I can sit here and bitch about this, but it's like also like the child labor that went into this. So like, honestly, like fuck me for even having this phone. I understand it's hypocrisy. Uh, But there's just something about knowing without even looking it up because... It's just that safe of a bet that Apple was completely either silent or supportive of the 2020 riots going and actively hindering Chinese citizens fighting for freedom. It's like, why? So your sweatshops in China can operate better? I I don't understand how it benefits you. Welded in their homes. And Apple's like, nah, these people, let's, yeah, screw these people. Fuck Apple. Here's a bit of good news. To me, at least, I know a lot of people are not going to feel that way, but whatever. Australian gender clinic reverses course on puberty blockers for minors. This is from the Post Millennial, and it's very interesting. I'll read some of this. A family court in Australia came to a surprising end recently when an expert witness for a gender clinic withdrew a recommendation for puberty blockers for a child who was in elementary school age. So. What's very interesting is in all these other countries, Western countries, they're kind of reversing course on the guidance that children need to be on puberty blockers and hormones and surgery. Like they're going backwards, right? Like Sweden, Finland, they've already pivoted away from it. Their clinic's shutting down in the UK. And yet America is just going full steam fucking ahead. It's just crazy. I mean, you have. The president pushing for puberty blockers, putting Dylan Mulvaney in the White House. That's still upsetting. That Dylan thing kind of came and went pretty quick, right? Kind of like the Colorado thing because some unfortunate news came out about the person who did that. Uh, Unfortunate for the corporate press, at least. So you're seeing people reverse course on these mandates and and the way in which they're handling these kids with gender dysphoria, but America is just pedal to the metal, like 180 miles an hour, like going for it. And it's fucking disastrous. It's it's just so disastrous. And so what you see in these other countries is them saying, yeah, this is gonna end in something truly devastating, something like historically bad. We're gonna just dip out now. And America's like, "Yeah, let's keep doing it. Who cares? It's nuts. All right. So now we're getting to the story that I am most passionate about this week. Balenciaga, motherfucking Aga, bitch. Balenciaga. The high fashion brand that has decided to promote, definitely can't say this phrase on YouTube, CP in their ads. Yeah. So if you've seen the ads, you know, they put children in ads with teddy bears wearing bondage and like fetish gear. However, if that's not bad enough, that's already like, wow, these freaks. But people have been going and retroactive and they've been finding that throughout the years there have been so many direct, you know, references and placements of things that are about hurting children and about CP. It's like, People have found books that are in the shelves in the background of these ads that are books with CP in them. People have found documents on desks in the background that refer to court cases having to do with pedophilia. It's really dark. And the thing about it, I had this conversation with some people at Friendsgiving and this next statement is true. That fashion brands often do very edgy campaigns meant to shock you meant to offend you make to make you feel uncomfortable to put more eyes on the product and you know they always get away with it because they typically don't cross the line into that right like there's some ridiculous stuff especially from Gucci like Gucci has a lot of ad campaigns that are like this is some weird stuff. However pedophilia is kind of a line that like most brands would never cross, right? So Kim Kardashian, I didn't have beefing with Kim Kardashian on my uh, agenda this week, but it happened. Kim Kardashian is reevaluating her relationship with Balenciaga following controversial ad. So Kim did this Twitter thread in which she said that she was horrified and disgusted about the child abuse imagery found in the Balenciaga ads and that she is talking to them, but she's reevaluating maintaining her business relationship with them. So I replied, cut ties completely, or you're full of shit, Kim. You are very obviously kicking the ball down the road so you can continue your business relationship with them once this blows over. It's not difficult to draw the line at child porn and your inability to do so is telling. So I stand by that. You know, it's like, I also tweeted that if Balenciaga had done something that offended the LGBT community, every celebrity would have disavowed overnight. And yet what we've seen is mass silence. Where are the banks that are cutting Balenciaga off? You know, they're quick to cut off wrong think. You know, PayPal is pretty quick to say 2,500 bucks for misinformation, you dirty right-wingers. But none of these celebrities, many of which have done campaigns with Balenciaga, where Balenciaga constantly have anything to say. I just think it's, Insane, you know, it, the really, really like dark and, and I want to get into more about bluntiaga and there's more things like the rabbit hole is so deep and I'm doing a main channel video on this. It will be out by this Sunday. However, it's like anyone who thinks in their dizziest daydreams that there is not absolutely a concerted push effort to normalize pedophilia in Western culture is just not paying attention at this point. You're just not paying attention, I'm sorry. I mean the fact that Balenciaga has been putting these things in their ads for years, just slipping it through and no one's noticed. I mean, talk about a fucking psyop. And and I know there's like a I know there's a word for like when you put in imagery that's like supposed to like subconsciously penetrate your mind rather than consciously. I, I know there's a term for that, but you know what I'm saying? It's like their goal was to put in this imagery about child abuse to subconsciously penetrate people's minds over time, which is what they did. There is absolutely an effort to normalize this stuff. And Balenciaga is disgusting. I will never wear Balenciaga again. Um, I've spent thousands of dollars over the years at Balenciaga. It's a wrap, you know. And like I said, it's not hard to draw the line here. This is like a place where normal people draw the lines. And Kim Kardashian is richer than rich. The fact that she needs that one income stream, even though I'm sure it is a fucking lot, so bad that she's not willing to just immediately denounce. And as a mother is like, where are you at? So as much as Kanye can be like a lot, it's like, I might lose my mind too, dating a bitch like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, come on. So this is the chief designer for Balenciaga, Loda or Volkova. Just look at it. Just look. For the audio listeners, this is a woman with a very sunken in, she's beautiful. I'm not gonna say she's not beautiful, but she looks fucking demented, holding two what appear to be like bloody red babies. They're fake, they're not real children, obviously. And this is one of countless images of strange things having to do with kids that are found on Loda's social media. So I'm going to put some on the screen here and and I'll, I'll describe them for the audio listeners or rather not even describe what they look like. But it's like, there's one of like a little girl and she's like, has like a Dolly Parton wig or something on. And she's like laying and it just looks weird. Uh, there's like a little boy with no shirt on wearing high heels. Uh, you know, there's like just so many pictures of children in weird and compromised states There's a a picture on her social media of like a little girl tied to a chair, like being forced to watch something. Uh, It's dark, right? And I don't think that Loda was the one to work on this campaign with the child imagery, but the fact that she worked for Balenciaga for years is very telling of what kind of person can get a job and is around the Balenciaga, Balenciaga headquarters, right? It's like, I'm sorry, there are too many coinkedinks. If this was just like an inappropriate ad campaign that went over the line, it was a teddy bear thing. I mean, it's awful and I'm not gonna minimize how awful and bad that specific campaign was just with the bears and the kids, like disgusting, right? But I could believe that it was a photographer that went rogue, I guess, if it was a one-time thing. I could believe that they're just morons, right? If it was a one-time thing. But the fact that you can dig into the people behind these things and find this imagery, if one plus one equals two, then it's two, you know? And it's just like, I'm doing an entire deep dive into this, like I said, so I'm not gonna go that far, but Balenciaga is evil. The fashion industry is run by evil people. I mean, look, they put the 10-year-old trans kid on a fashion show. It's like absolutely demented. I can't wait to get into this long form. The View had some thoughts as well. I hate The View. Let's see what they have to say about Balenciaga. What's going on
2: here? I found this ad campaign particularly distasteful um, in this moment. So there's this, there's growing anti-LGBTQ sentiment right now. And how it's being framed is as... Portraying you know trans people as groomers. This is a term you'll hear on the far right. They're groomers This is where you get the anti-drag queen stuff that we're seeing So Balenciaga played right into their hands by having kids in a sexualized manner Carrying something that represents, you know sex acts I think it was a really (coughs) bad misstep at a moment where it's just kind of a dangerous time to even give credence
0: to those kind of insane takes Yeah, I mean we can't you stupid bitch Who is she? Isn't she the Republican on the panel? The Republican with zero Republican views. This woman is one of the stupidest women I've ever heard talk for multiple reasons. First, why are you even bringing up the LGBT groomer discourse in this instance that has nothing to do with that? And even if it did, like playing into the far right hand, I'm, I'm begging. And you know what? I am begging the left. I don't ask for much from you guys. I typically stay in my own corner. I don't ask for much. I am begging on my hands and knees to not make anti-pedophilia a right wing value. When TV hosts on liberal talk shows don't feel like they can condemn pedophilia without offending the woke mob or offending the LGBT community as if they had anything to do with it, by the way, like I said, then at this point, these people, speaking of playing with the far right's hands, you know what, in a way you fucking are, you dumbass. In a way you are, by you refusing to condemn it and the only people actively condemning it are on the other side. That's what you're doing. Like Democrats, lefties, liberals watching this because I know y'all watch. And I love and respect those of you that are able to watch me and have your own opinion, by the way. Like that's what I love about my audience is I have such a diverse audience. Regardless of what people want to say about how my audience is just far right, straight white men. Okay, then why are like, when I do meetups, it's like looking at a rainbow. Like, okay, anyways but the lefty's watching. Like, you shouldn't want this, this should make you so mad. Like, how is it a far right conspiracy theory? How is it far right at all to look at the Balenciaga ad and be like, wow, screw that. It It is the easiest thing in the world to denounce pedophilia. It should be one of the only things that unites left and right. In a world where we can't find agreement on anything else, can we just find agreement on that, please? Please. I can't believe how dumb that woman was. How do you even fix your mouth to sound that dumb? (laughs) Here's the thing. You know, what's so crazy is like, it's just like a little bit of a side rant. I don't feel like I'm that smart. The problem with that is I know that I am smarter than 90% of people on television and talking heads who speak on politics, cultural issues, et cetera. So the fact that I, who, you know, my IQ is pretty high. However, I know I'm far from the smartest person in the world. There are minds so much more brilliant than me. There are minds in my field that are more brilliant than me. But the fact that I know that I'm smarter than these people is like, then how did these people end up on this kind of a platform where they're speaking to millions and millions of people like every day on a television show? I know I speak to millions a month, but like, these people have the entire country tuned in every single morning listening to what the fuck they have to say. And then you wonder why the world's gone to shit. Well, maybe because bitches like this are on television spewing their nonsense. I think I've seen this woman's Instagram or Twitter before. She gets so dragged for being so dumb that she doesn't allow replies on her tweets. And she's supposed to lead the Republican on the panel. Isn't it interesting how, like, the view can only have Republicans on that have, like, close to no actual Republican or conservative values. That first of all, the Republican has to be outnumbered and that Republican has to also have no spine. <laughs> uh, the only one with spine, even though I disagree with her on a lot of things, quite a lot of things, was Megan McCain. At least Megan would fight. And even though, you know, I think that was a very crazy job for her. And I think sometimes she popped off in ways I didn't agree with. And I think sometimes she looked kind of bad. But at least she was willing to square up and actually fight this person is this republican woman is so pussy whipped by the lefties around her by waking up every day and driving into this liberal studio with this liberal audience and these liberal co-hosts and her liberal bosses that she can't even condemn pedophilia (laughs) you stupid bitch i don't care if it sounds mean if you can't condemn Pedobillo, you're a dumb bitch or an evil bitch, pick one. I'd rather pick dumb. She'd probably rather pick dumb as well. You're, you're dumb. Moving on before I pop like a blood vessel or something because really, <laughs> what a headline. Joe Biden's non-binary drag queen nuclear waste guru, Sam Brinton, 34, is charged with theft after they were caught on camera stealing a bag from Minneapolis Airport's baggage claim. So what's really crazy about this story is apparently this person, Sam Brinton, went to the airport with no bags, had a connecting flight, and took a bag (laughs) onto the second flight, someone else's bag from the airport. I was like, you gotta be such a nut, right? Like you have to be so fucking crazy. People who act crazy at the airport, that's how you know they're really crazy, by the way. Like people who do weird shit at the airport, if you wanted to steal, you can steal anywhere and you'd have more luck doing it. That's the thing. That's what makes you crazy. Like if you had the spirit of the thief, of the kleptomaniac in you, for which, by the way, I did as a teenager. I used to steal all the time as a teenager. Like it was bad. I would go to like Rite Aid steal a bunch of like makeup, wet and wild pencils, hair treatments, like, oh my God. One time I even befriended the, <laughs> this is so horrible. I am not promoting shoplifting at all. It's wrong. But when I was like a ratchet, like 17 year old, I befriended this girl named Candy. She worked at a um, clothing store. Me and my best friend went and befriended her and we were such thieves that we had a plan to like become her friend. My friend would distract her and I would go through and steal one of their purses and fill the purse up with other things from the store and then leave the store. That is so wrong and I feel so bad. Like that was just so disgusting. How did I get on that tangent? Listen, pre-Blair, Blair, was a different kind of Blair. I'm so glad I have my life together now because I was crazy as a kid. My God. But but the point is, I would never do anything wrong even in my craziest of days as a teenager in an airport. So the fact that like you could steal anywhere, Sam Brinchen, and you chose to steal at an airport, you're a nutbag. And it's like, You don't want to say that this person just got hired only because they're non-binary, but like Joe Biden himself hired Kamala on the basis of her being black. He said so before. He literally said that he promised to have a black female VP. Like this was a thing that he said. So is it really that much of a stretch that this person was also hired simply because they're trans? I don't think it's that far-fetched. So yeah, we live in a time where people in the White House are stealing from airports. Great. <laughs> so Elon Musk tweeted, Apple has also threatened to withhold Twitter from its app store, but won't tell us why. So he also then went on a tangent about how it's about free speech. and uh, So again, screw Apple. Screw this phone. Um, You know what I might do? I might have like, some sort of like Android for like using my apps and stuff. Obviously I make a living on social media. I have to post on social media for my phone quite often. Um, so maybe I'll have like an Android to do that and then switch to like a Nokia or something. Like I, I kind of miss those old school. Like I want a flip phone. I want to be able to like, hello? Like I want to do that again. Um, But yeah, again, isn't it just so interesting how Apple didn't have anything to say when there was an exploding CP problem on Twitter that Elon Musk has completely cleaned up, by the way. But now that, you know, things are, now that free speech is being prioritized at Twitter, Apple can't have them in the store. These people are evil. Like, yeah, it's their choice and their private company to remove it from the app store. But the problem then lies when the you come across the fact that Apple has a monopoly on phones. The only competitor really is Android. But this is why Elon needs to come out with his own phone, the e-phone, so that we don't have to use this shit. And if Apple wants to be against free speech, we have the marketability to choose someone else. I would love to choose someone else right now. Bitch. All right. Wisconsin parents sue school district for transitioning their daughter without their permission. More disgustingness that I'm supposed to be on board with because I'm trans. Fuck you. The parents of a Wisconsin's girl whose middle school. Why can't I talk? allowed her to adopt a male name and pronouns without their knowledge or permission are taking legal action against the Kettle Moraine School District, whom they accuse of violating their parental rights. Yeah, so you have these teachers changing their kids' pronouns and names. And (laughs) the parents don't even know. Sorry, I think, and she's a sixth grader. A sixth grader. Teachers... Please stay the fuck out of parents' business. Parents have a right to be in your business, though, by the way, because you're teaching their kids. So it's actually not a two-way street. Like, you're there working for the parents. And you're working there to educate the youth to teach them things like, I don't know, like, math, reading, science, history, which you're also going to, you know, change and manipulate to your own political ideology, I'm sure. It's like you're not going to tell real history. But you know, regardless feel free, keep telling like your fake history, <laughs> keep rewriting narratives to suit you politically. But, you know, maybe we'll let you get away with a little bit of that as long as you don't transition kids behind parents' backs. Socially, tra- socially transition, that is. So this the parents then, this is the story, took the sixth grader out of this school district and then quickly the girl desisted and was like, yeah, I'm not actually trans. You see you see that it might be environmental. This is the problem. I am transgender and to my knowledge, it is not environmental in the sense that I've had gender dysphoria since as long as I could remember. Transgender was not a topic that anyone in my family knew about. I was never told about it. I think the first time I learned what trans was, was maybe like 13, you know, watching Jerry Springer. And it obviously wasn't a great representation, right? It's like the girls are fighting. Um, However, that's the difference, right? Clearly, this sixth grader is not actually trans because it disappeared the second you took her out of the environment that was convincing her she was trans. That means it's environmental. That means it's entirely possible for it to be pushed on the kid, which is what everyone with common sense and two brain cells rubbed together has been saying for years, at least as long as this sort of thing has been going on. At least since teachers took upon the mantle of being pro-LGBT. It's just so crazy. You know, it's like, I remember being in school and like, here's a good example. My eighth grade teacher, Mrs. Cather, potion serenade, whatever. Um, I had mad beef with her because she was really rude. Like she would say things that were very pointed at me she would single me out in class like she would say little things like you belong in san francisco like funny but like clearly like picking on like the gay kid right and that's not fucking cool it's like it's funny yeah as an adult that's a funny joke but like it's not cool to for the teacher to single out the gay kid in the class and put them at risk to being bullied by the kids because you're giving the kids permission to do it too right so there's one end of it where you're getting bullied by the teacher Pretty sure there's a happy medium between the teacher calling the kid an anti slur and transitioning the kid, right? Like, do we have to just go full throttle on, like, now we're transitioning kids? It's demented and good for these parents for taking this kid out of the environment. Imagine if the parents would have been quote unquote accepting and kept the kid in the school. Who knows if this kid wouldn't have ended up on puberty blockers. Ended up doing hormones. Ended up being a de de-transition, interviewed on my podcast two years later. Like this is how it goes. And to everyone who thinks that you shouldn't challenge someone's transgender identity or push back at all. Yeah, if you don't know the person, keep your mouth shut. However, the importance of going to therapy or speaking to people who love you that push back on the idea when you're questioning if you're really trans are so fucking vital. I didn't have a lot of pushback, but the little bit that I did have made me think deeper about what I was doing and gave me the ability to make a more informed decision as an adult. All right, so we are now gonna jump to my favorite segment of the podcast, which is reacting to woke TikToks and we're focusing on fat positivity today because why the fuck not? So here's someone who says that if you don't date fat people, you are fat phobic.
2: Let's talk about dating preferences. This video was so good, you must watch it, and I want to branch off and talk about how it relates to fat phobia and dating. A lot of times when people are asked, why don't you date fat people, trans people, people of color, whatever, they will say, it's just a preference, I'm just not attracted to them, I can't make myself be attracted to someone I'm just not attracted to. The implication here being that preferences are innate, unchanging, and completely independent of any outside factors or societal norms. And therefore, that they are inherently unproblematic. Like, it's not fat phobia, it's just who I am. I can't help it. But I think it's actually a lot more complicated than that. Our desires are not immune to social conditioning. Although of course you can't change your sexual orientation, when we see a certain type of body glorified, praised, and labeled as desirable in media from the time that we can even process those messages, it's not gonna not have an impact on us. And the fact is, at least anecdotally, lots of fat people report being desired by many people. But the piece that isn't there is the social acceptance. And again, that's also true for other marginalized identities.
0: So here's the thing, Ho. I agree that what people find to be attractive in people can be socially conditioned in some contexts, right? However, it doesn't make you attracted to something you wouldn't be attracted to otherwise. For example, there is a male beauty standard in a lot of movies and on social media for these like very lanky, skinny, pale men. Like this is a very common like girls think guys like that are hot. Think Pete Davidson. I'm disgusted by that type of man. I mean that's a little harsh. I'm not attracted to that type of body type or that vibe, right? And no matter how many movies I see where the lead is this like, you know, lanky, like muscleless, pale man, I I, I never I'm like, well, you know, all these movies you know, glorify that. So that's hot to me. No, that's not how it fucking works. And yes, preferences are preferences. They're real. I'm trans and I'm not attracted to trans people. Does that mean I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. And it's funny how it's always like, can you not get a date, sis? Is that what it is? Because whenever I see trans people complaining about like transphobia in regards to dates, first of all, There's going to be a lot of reasons before transphobia that you can't get a date. Perhaps your personality, that you're whining, that you can't get a date. That's not very attractive. Secondly, maybe your look isn't together. I'm sorry. But I know a lot of trans people, like, I'm going to say this as gently as I can. Because everyone gets so, like, uppity when I talk about looks. I don't understand why. There are some trans people I know, a lot of them, who really don't look all that, but they are like drowning in men. Hot trans women that I know are also drowning in men. The ones that are complaining that they can't get a date, first of all, have those horrible personalities and are always ugly. I'm sorry. But living in this time where the standard for being transgender is dying your hair green That might not cut it for men who are going to be attracted to you potentially if you actually worked hard in your transition. It's just a fact of life. I didn't make it so. The sky is blue. I didn't make it so. Who said that? It's like a fucking quote from somewhere. The sky is blue. I didn't make it so. It doesn't take much. Like I said, like I know a lot of trans people who really don't look like all that and they just have like suitors on suitors on suitors. But then the ones that are on social media and TikTok complaining about it are the ones that look busted the house. I don't know how gently I could say that. It's just the truth. So work on yourself, work on not complaining, work on not being a nasty person. And a lot of things will probably happen for you. Here's another one.
3: Sometimes my friends will hit me up and like wanna go try new restaurants, especially in the summer months so we can just go chill on a patio, have some drinks. and i always have to google the establishments and look at their seating just to make sure that it will actually accommodate me and most of the time it doesn't especially booths and the patio chairs with like the little side arm things last weekend i actually went swimming with my sister and her kids and my nephew kept asking me like auntie won't you go on the slide with me and i had to explain to him that they weren't going to let me go on the slide because of my weight Today, a uh, TikTok creator actually unlocked a new fear for me, which is the idea of like if I was ever flying and traveling for like a vacation or something and I were to lose my luggage, that I'd be totally fucked because most places, like 99% of places don't carry anything large enough to fit me. Um, so I'd just be like wearing the same outfit for the entirety of my trip. Um, I've been denied medical care and procedures before because of my weight. I think looping back around to, like, the original video here, um, there's plenty of things that I would like to do, but I can't because of my weight. And I think the most important takeaway here is the fact that these are things that I shouldn't be prevented from doing that I shouldn't be able to do. Um, This is very much just society um, not acknowledging uh, my existence, basically, and just... How much fat people are, are just kind of an afterthought. So yeah.
0: This is the problem. We are living in a time where the concept of personal responsibility is basically gone, right? Like everything is trying everyone's trying to pass all their problems off on the next person. White people are to blame. The Jews are to blame. This person is to blame. That person is to blame. There is something to be said about taking ownership of your life. And, you know, honestly, I say this out of love because when I look at this woman, I actually see a lot of pain. She's sitting here complaining that she can't do all these basic life things like going on a slide with her nephew, sitting at certain places. Sis, no one's going to change that but you. And I want you to change that. But the world doesn't owe you anything. The world doesn't owe you specialty seats or specialty slides or reconstructing. It just doesn't. And to say that it's society not acknowledging your existence, it's like, calm down with that. Everyone knows you're here. Everyone can see it. I'm so mean. However, like you have to change this yourself. You cannot blame other people. And it's just as simple as that. It's kind of the same as like, you know, there are certain things, or if you want to stay fat, just accept there's things that you can't do. The same way that I'm trans, I accept that I can't use women's changing rooms, like, or not, not changing rooms, like locker rooms where people are exposed or women's showers in gyms and shit like that. I'm not gonna go to a certain like sauna or spa where like it's standard or custom for the women to be naked. Like there are certain things that I am so comfortable with not being my lane. I'll never give birth. I'm fine with that. I've made peace with that because I know that I'm trans and I'm not fucking going nowhere. If you know you're fat and you're not going nowhere, just accept that you can't do those things then. Because no one wants to hear you bitching about something that's completely in your power. However, I feel you if you wanna change it and I support you, but this is, what are you doing? Like, stop. All right, I got one more here.
2: Let's talk about the trendiness of flat stomachs again. I think a really important question to ask is why do we view flat stomachs as attractive? Some people in the comments of my first video tried arguing that our obsession with flat stomachs is biological because they're more attractive. When in reality, the actual reasons are a combination of fat phobia, Christianity, colonialism, anti blackness, classism, and capitalism. As a lot of us know, chubby stomachs are considered a symbol of beauty.
0: And So white people are the reason why flat stomachs are seen as attractive. Christianity is reason. Are you so stupid? Girl, you must be. Flat stomachs are attractive on a biological level because they signal health, which we are biologically inclined to be attracted to because why would in nature, we pick an unhealthy partner or a partner that is sickly and dying? it signals health and we are attracted to that. But again, why are you worried about who finds what attractive? Fat women can get men too. There's a lot of pretty fat girls out there. Like, what is this complaining about? Worry about yourself. Everyone is so preoccupied with other people. I just don't understand. When I see these women talking about this, for which this is an overwhelmingly female community by the way i don't ever see any men talking about fat positivity like ever really it's it's a a female thing right like i see a lot of pain and a lot of scapegoating and it actually makes me sad like i know that i crack jokes and shit but i really do hope the best for these women because they're hurting um but you don't get to sling your shit around other people because you're hurting you don't get to blame other people you don't get to make up nonsensical lies about how Christianity is the reason why no one accepts your fat stomach. That's stupid, girl. It, it really doesn't make sense. All right, you guys. That is it for this episode of the Blair White Project. I had so much fun. I feel like we talked about so much good stuff. Rate this Spotify, rate this episode on Spotify. I am trying to get to 2K ratings on there. So I would love if we could do that for the end of the year. And make sure you subscribe to this channel as well as my main channel. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And I will see y'all in the next podcast and two main channel videos coming out by the end of the week.